Hi, my name is Queen Zoya Counts, and I would like to welcome you to my podcast, Miss Z's Storytelling. Today, I am going to be reading Unladylike, an erotic short story written by L.D. Lewis. Today, I'm going to be reading Chapter 3 of Unladylike, an erotic short story written by L.D. Lewis, narrated by Queen Zoya Counts. This chapter right here is a little sexy. So, if you got kids in the car, don't listen. Listen when you're home by yourself, sipping on a glass of wine, and just chilling out. Now I present to you chapter three of Unladylike, an erotic short story. Chapter three, Sex with a Beast. This beast, he stalks me from behind. His primal eyes regard my lines. The hunger grows within him deep. I do not run. I dare not speak. His lips, they thirst for my warm embrace. And from his mouth, a growl escapes. His senses heighten and accept the thrill against the wall. He claims his kill. His mouth holds my neck. He caresses my leg. And to the gods, I plead and beg. His strength is long. It's slow. It's deep. It makes me quiver and I eek. A river from a valley. Luckily, she said yes. Convoy finished recounting how he had conquered Sylvia as light chuckles escaped his lips. Brunch is served. This way, please. Wilford led me and the group outside on the veranda overlooking the manor's grand gardens. Brilliant blue, stark whites, and exuberant yellows dipped in and out of the massive maze. The meal laid out was beyond beautiful. Fruits and meats garnished the table in a story all their own. Wilford brought a fresh pitcher of primrose mimosas. My favorite? My gaze locked with Wilford's. But of course... Wilfred poured a glass, served me first and the others in a counterclockwise fashion. You have such a lovely home. Sylvia took and offered Mimosa. Yeah, this lucky son of a bitch has it all. Looks, money, and girls. Conroy pointed at Abe Field Fork at Stylus. Sylvia stifled at his words. Conroy... She shrank in her chair, embarrassed by her half. Conroy, on the other hand, shoved a fork full of food into his already filled mouth. What a beautiful garden! Sylvia placed a linen napkin over her lap. Thank you, but all the credit has to go to Ponder. She planted that entire garden by her hand, herself, almost 15 years ago. Stylus raised my hand and planted a kiss on it. Sylvia's eyes took in the sight of me and Stylus, and I wondered what she was really thinking. 
Conroy, missing the subtle hint for conversation change, opened his mouth. We sure got lucky with this one, Syl. Eggs dropped from his mouth. Half Ruth would burn the dining set after they leave. I thought to myself, immediately after they leave. You know, Conroy burped. Seal's asshole of a father wouldn't give us a dime for the wedding. Can you believe that? Cheap bastard. Can't wait until the old crow drops. Connie Bun, Sylvia's voice raised a few octaves. Daddy can be a bit tough at times, but he means well. Sylvia's face flushed and she tried to hide her annoyance. I'm sure Mr. Hawthorne knew you couldn't handle it. Stylus raised his glass. Congratulations. Sylvia and Conroy glasses upraised joined in the impromptu toast. So I climbed aboard too and drank to the happy couple. Thanks again for letting us have the wedding rehearsal here, beamed Sylvia. I didn't believe Connie Bunn when he said he knew the owner of the Maxwell Manor Estates. Owners, corrected Stylus. Ponder and I actually own equal shares of this place. She spent years updating and renovating the manor. Sylvia's fork slipped from her hand and clanged against her plate, then bounced to the veranda floor. But she could bend to retrieve it. The maid came by and freshened it, replaced it. This one here, she's a klutz, I tell you. Couldn't even get out of the taxi while tripping over her own two feet. Conroy tapped Sylvia with his fork. Beauty not brains, right? He laughed. His words caused Sylvia to shrink even further into her chair. I hated this type of man. Arrogant, ignorant, ugly, and cheap. He's the type of man who dressed to impress, but he couldn't afford a passport or manners to save his life. The type of man who played into the disgusting, toxic, masculine role of what he thought an alpha man was. The type of man who didn't know how easily he could be broken and tamed. So when does the rest of the party arrive? I tried to ignore the growing distaste I felt towards Conroy. They all should be here later today about that. Conroy held up his empty glass and the nearby maid quickly refilled it. Remember that chick, Vicky Toronto? You hooked up with her a couple of times back in the Hamptons. Well, Vicky's one of Sylvia's sorority sisters and Seal invited her. I, uh, hope that isn't a problem. Conroy looked from Stylus to me. Nah, that ain't an issue, right? Stylus took a sip of his mimosa. Not at all. I took a bite of the solar top of argument and shade Parmigiano Reggiano and it melted in my mouth. Will you be joining us for the rehearsal dinner? Sylvia directed her question to me. Actually, I have an important errand to run in the next town over. I won't be back until late. The nearby maid cleared the dishes from the table. Please excuse the interruption, Wilfred approached the table. Ponder your bath. Is ready. Thank you, Wilford. Could you pick a few flowers from the Eastern Garden? I'll be heading out shortly after my bath. I stood, thankful for Wilford's interruption. It was nice meeting you, both of you. Inside, the aroma of fresh vanilla and honey 
greeted me in the Victorian-style clawed foot tub called to me. The water threatened to spill over the rim. A fresh bottle of champagne rested in a nearby chilled bucket and on a regular rectangular small tray set on top of the highest step leading to the tub, a single fluted glass filled to the brim awaited me. Thank you, Wilford. I exhaled a long, deep breath. Please give Anna, the attendant maid, on the veranda the rest of the day off and extend my apologies for the guest's behavior. But of course, ma'am, I closed the door and left me on my back. Settling against the curb of the tub, the water sweetly stung my flesh. It's been two years since I was last here, yet nothing has changed. I left the quiet seat in. Lifted the flute to my lips and closed my eyes. The cold touch of the champagne was a warm welcome. A misguided creak followed by soft footsteps announced I had a visitor. Can I wash your back? Stylist's voice, a gentle nudge, stirred me from the calm. Sure, I can always use an extra hand. I sat forward and water flowed down around my breast. Stylist undressed, his movements slow and controlled. His body was a testament to his will. Strong, conditioned, and primal. His muscles flexed at the slightest movements. Sorry about Conroy. He can be a little much. Stylus tiptoed into the oversized bathtub. You don't say. I leaned back and let my body settle into his embrace. You look well. My hands found his. Looking well and doing well are two different things. Stylus reached for my glass, freeing me from the burden, then down the contents. Are you doing well? I am now. He kissed my cheek. As if on cue, Wilford appeared with a fresh glass for Stylus. After a few rounds, Stylus and I began to reminisce. And the look on your face when you found out it was Wilford's idea. Stylus' laugh echoed through the bathroom, but silence soon followed. It only took a month for the private investigator to find him in London. One month to find him, but you've been gone for two years. The warmth of Stylet's breath brought goosebumps to the surface of my flesh. Every day I waited at this little rundown cafe near where he lived. I just wanted a glimpse of him to see him for myself, but greed is a condemning little thing. I traced the water lines on his arm. Stylus said nothing. He fixed his gaze onto the ceiling above us. From what I gathered, he had no words that could express the anger and betrayal he felt at my absence. The entire manor was in uproar back then when I left, at least from what I had understood. Winifred had become fatherlike and the servants were more like siblings. All of them had begged me to reconsider living. Stylus took it the worst. Over the years, we had grown inseparable. Our need for the other was unlike anything I'd known, but this was the one thing I needed to do alone. My promise of returning did nothing to soothe his mind, but I needed to find the man responsible for my existence, the man who never cared what happened to me. I needed to find the person who left me with Mama and no one, not even Stylus, could stop me. One day, he came into the cafe, and two young girls followed him. He looked so loving, so kind. I turned my head to grab Stylus' attention, but he continued to gaze at the ceiling. Who were they? The girls. Wrapping a free hand around my waist, he pulled me back onto his chest. He didn't want me to see his hurt. His daughters. I sneered at the thought of them. They had his smile. 
The words caught in my throat were bitter. They stung my tongue as they came out. I have his smile. My fingers laced with his and I wrapped his arms around my body, cocooning myself in his embrace once more. Stylus nuzzles his lips to the side of my neck, kissing me softly. The anger boiling inside me began to fade. His kisses always did that to me. It was like an enchanted song, but only he knew the words. They looked so happy together. Their life seemed so peaceful. It was that look. Anger threatened to rise again. That fucking look of joy that pissed me off more than anything in this world. I let the recount of seeing my father for the first time stop there. I siphoned the rest of the champagne. Hell have no fury, Stylus mumbled as his hand caressed my chest. Stylus knew me, my flaws and my shortcomings. I was quick to anger and slow to forgive. He accepted my lust for destruction and revenge. If I am madness, then he is my wrath. My body ached for his touch and he knew it because he knew me even better than I did at times. His hand slowly teased his way down my stomach, causing the muscles to come alive and contract under his familiar press. caress. With the controlled patience, he found what he was looking for and my breath caught in the back of my throat. His fingers played me like only he could. Together, me and Stylus fought our way out of the tub. Water splashed around our bodies and lapped against my skin. The hunger for him was too much to bear. His mouth claimed mine. The taste of lingering champagne was a welcome sensation. He pressed my body against the cold, hard marble floor, then took in the full sight of me. Don't ever leave me again. Stylus kissed me once more. His words were both a threat and a raw plea of emotion. With every kid, Chris, I grew more and more aroused. He lowered his mouth onto my water-drenched clit, kissing and licking it with the rhythm he knew I craved. My body reacted as he knew it would. A cocky grin came across his face and he looked into my eyes. He knew I was his. The strokes of his tongue made my body rise. I couldn't control the spasms that overcame me. It was no use. I gave into my body's desires. I gave into its wants. And just as I was on the road to climax, Stylus pulled away. Mm-mm, you don't get to come yet. His eyes held no hint of teasing. He tapped my clip with his open palm just hard enough to send a pleasure sting rippling through my body. I moaned out of pure ecstasy. If I wasn't careful, he would devour me. The tip of his tongue teased delicate spots on my body. He traveled up to my right nipple, which hardened at his touch. Seems like you forgot the rules. He continued to lick on my nipple and his fingers found their way inside of me. Stylus' thumb found my clit again and my body quivered. His movements were masters of their own. When he removed his drenched fingers from inside of me, he sucked my wetness from me. My body hid no secrets from him. I hid them. He was mine and I was his. Kissing me, he allowed me to taste what was on his lips and it was so good. You kept this from me. He grabbed my face and made me look at him. Really look at him. I became weak and need rose within me. A void only he could feel. Strong hands grabbed my thighs and he steadied himself between my legs. My body called for him, dripping with want and need. Who do you have to blame? He paused to let his cock 
tease my entrance only myself I waited offering all of me to him his eyes cast a hazy dreamlike state and in them a hunger grew he took me with a firm solid thrust causing me sweet pain my own eyes just rolled back to the back of my head and my body gave in deep long strokes commanded my full attention and each thrust made me ache for more as he pushed me beyond my limits slower i pleaded my hands found his chest stylus grabbed my wrist and pinned them over my head ignoring my want he was driven by his knees this was a sweet punishment this was a carnal hurt this was a primal anger and above all this was a delicious dominance. I allowed him to take me the way he desired. It was the least that I could do. I knew the pain in my absence had caused him, still caused him, how it had torn him in two. My body heaved and I fought to get air into my lungs. The fullness of his cock threatened to split me in half, but I welcomed the delightfulness of the pleasurable ache he created. He never slowed his pace, but he smiled. His strokes became more pointed, more intense, more controlled. The man had the strength of a god, and I was at his mercy. I could no longer hold my voice. Please. The pleasure was too much, and he knew he had me. My hands were still pinned above my head, and I tried to break free. I wanted to grab him, to hold on to him anything before I exploded. He knew this and he refused to let me. How many nights had he wanted to hold me but he couldn't? How many nights had he felt this very pain? All the while knowing he'd go through this same torture over and over again until I returned. My muscles tightened around his shaft and my moans grew louder. Come. He kissed the word into my skin mouth, muffling my orgasmic screams, his groans mixed with mine as he experienced his own orgasm. My body shook uncontrollably. I came loud, hard, and messy, but I didn't care. Damn, it feels good to be home. Yes, ma'am. I felt all of that. <laughs> anyway, I would like to thank you for listening to my podcast, Miss Z's Storytelling. Come back next week when I will be reading chapters four, five, and six of Unladylike.